Hi, I'm Liz Graveline. As a doctor of physical therapy, I spent my early 20s refining my intervention skills on treating joint pain, stiffness, and weakness. Now, in my early 30s, as a working mom of two toddlers, it wasn't long ago that I had to rebuild my level of fitness from the ground up. On this show, morning routines, posture, joint health, and life longevity are all topics we'll break down for you into digestible bits of information to quickly implement in your day-to-day life. Regardless of whether you are the experienced or novice exerciser, this is a place you can receive actionable steps and strategies to reach you closer and closer to your fitness goals without judgment or the external pressures, bringing back the fun and excitement into an active lifestyle so that it's tied into how you feel versus what you look like is what we'll discuss here. So settle in and get ready to be cheered on while you learn. This is the Exercise Proper Podcast. I first want to give a shout out to those of you who have been tuning in every week. Thank you so much. And if you haven't already, please leave a review or share this episode with a friend who may find value from the information in this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time to leave a review. It means so much. Thank you. As a quick disclaimer, the information in this episode is for informational purposes only. No material in this episode is intended to substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have questions regarding whether dry needling is an appropriate treatment for you, please speak with your primary care doctor. Do not delay seeking medical advice because of the information you've received in this episode. People often confuse dry needling with acupuncture, and these two treatments are significantly different. Acupuncture is a traditional Chinese medicine practice and has been around for 3,000 years, but dry needling has only been around for several decades. The only similarity between acupuncture and dry needling is that they use the same monofilament needles, which are very thin needles. Acupuncture treatments involve the restoration of energy flows through the activation of the central nervous system. The needles are placed along acupuncture points connected by meridians. Dry needling uses needles to puncture the skin, subcutaneous tissues, including fat, muscle, and fascia, to create a mechanical disruption within the tissue. This treatment can be applied by a certified physical therapist and an acupuncturist. We know where to place the needle based on the location of the myofascial trigger point. A myofascial trigger point may also be referred to as a knot within the muscle. And a myofascial trigger point usually exists at the midpoint of the muscle, the halfway mark between muscle attachments. When you press on the midpoint of the muscle, you'll know if you have a trigger point if you experience pain at this exact location or referred pain to another nearby area. Not only do these myofascial trigger points cause pain, but they can cause stiffness and limit range of motion and function. A myofascial trigger point may occur when the muscle is overloaded, when muscle use exceeds muscle capacity. This may occur after long-term use of poor postures within the workplace, when direct trauma to the muscle occurs, after a muscle strain, with repetitive activity, and with joint-related disorders. Stress may also add to the risk of developing myofascial trigger points because some of you are more likely to hold and create more tension within the muscle when you're in a stressful state. Non-restorative sleep and vitamin deficiencies can also be predisposing factors for myofascial trigger points. Okay, so 
these are the predisposing factors, right? But what is the actual cause of a myofascial trigger point? How does one develop? Well, when there's muscle trauma, the muscle undergoes this protective mechanism and a localized area at the midpoint of the muscle tightens up. When you have a trigger point, you're able to push on it with your fingers and you'll feel like a taut band of muscle that can be described commonly as a knot, hence the layman term knot for a myofascial trigger point. When the muscle sustains either repetitive microtraumas or a direct trauma, and as a result, an excess amount of acetylcholine is released into this localized area of muscle, causing the muscle to tighten at this specific area. Blood is now shutting shunted away from the site of injury, causing the nerves within close proximity to become hypersensitive. With dry needling, the needle is placed directly at the center of this trigger point, stimulating blood flow. With blood comes oxygen, and the muscle needs a consistent flow of oxygen to relax. When the, with dry needling treatments, the goal is to stimulate blood flow, repair the muscle tissue, and restore its normal muscle composition, which may take one or more needling treatments. Dry needling may even have an effect on the central nervous system to release that good-feeling hormone dopamine and shut down the pain response. The majority of patients who I determine as appropriate for dry needling are patients with musculoskeletal pain and myofascial trigger points. Musculoskeletal conditions that may require dry needling treatments include lateral epicondylitis, also known as tennis elbow, anterior knee pain resulting from poor patellar tracking and malalignment, as well as hamstring tendinopathies, Achilles tendinopathies, rotator cuff tendinopathies, muscle strains, and the list goes on and on. Now, only have I had success from the use of dry needling treatments in patients with musculoskeletal pain and myofascial trigger points, but also in patients with pain related to the peripheral nervous system. These are patients that come in complaining of nerve pain, such as numbness and tingling, pins and needles, burning. Their pain is specifically consistent with nerve-related symptoms, either stemming from peripheral nerve impingement, also known as nerve compression or a pinched nerve. Neck pain and low back pain caused by nerve-related symptoms may occur as a result from nerve compression within close proximity to the spine as a result of a muscle spasm in the neck or in the low back. Whether or not a patient has good results from dry needling is determined by, of course, the obvious measure of whether the patient reports improved pain levels after treatment, but also whether the patient, patient demonstrates improved range of motion and improved function. Even if you have TMJ or chronic headaches and all conservative treatments have failed, dry needling has also been shown to improve symptoms. There's very low to moderate evidence to, to suggest dry needling treatments for patients with musculoskeletal pain. The research results of dry needling are positive, although the level of research studies are poor. So more high-quality research studies are recommended to be able to su suggest with 100% certainty that dry needling treatment is appropriate for a specific patient population. Research is so complicated, you guys, but... When we do have the high quality research studies we need, it is so, so helpful to provide the right treatment with efficiency on our side. In a small number of cases, specifically in patients with disc derangements and facet arthropathies, I will also recommend the use of dry needling. These are conditions that involve disc herniations. 
bulging discs or inflammation of a joint within the spine at a particular spine level. When a conservative treatment plan consisting of a variety of stretching and strengthening techniques are not reducing the patient's pain symptoms or improving their range of motion and function, I will also try dry needling. These spinal conditions trigger pain signals from nearby nerve roots and nerve pathways, causing a variety of nerve symptoms, including pain, numbness, tingling, burning, and pins and needles. So, dry needling these areas along the nerve pathway can sometimes reduce the patient's symptoms. After educating my patients on what dry needling is, the risks, the benefits, what the research is out there, they'll usually ask me, okay, but is the treatment itself painful? And how long will the actual treatment take? And full disclosure, yes. It's minimally painful for up to 30 seconds. Initially, it feels like a sharp pain that is either localized exactly where the needle is placed, or you can feel an electric-like wave along the nerve pathway that's in closest proximity to the needle. After 0 to 30 seconds, the pain dissipates and all you'll feel is light pressure. You know the needle is there, but it's no longer painful. And it will depend on how many needles your physical therapist or acupuncturist will use per treatment. The number of needles I use is very specific to the patient's condition. Normally, I'll leave the needles in for 10 minutes as long as the patient is comfortable, relaxed, and reports back to me that they are no longer in pain. Otherwise, I will take the needles out almost immediately after. Side effects may include bruising, soreness, fatigue, and bleeding. Side effects may last a few hours or up to 48 hours after treatment. (laughs) I feel like this is a commercial for dry needling, and it's really not. I don't push dry needling on everyone. Out of the 25 patients I see per day, I probably needle about 25% of my caseload, and I rarely recommend a dry needling treatment within their very first physical therapy session with me. And that's because ultimately, simple stretching and strengthening techniques that are used in a strategic way, a consistent way, and specific to you, to the patient, are ultimately going to give you the best results when it comes to managing your pain, your stiffness, and your disability for the rest of your life. So I will always market that as your first line of defense prior to working in any modality, including dry needling treatments. If you are experiencing pain within soft tissue areas around your body, you can speak with your primary care physician regarding whether or not dry dry needling treatment is appropriate. Dry needling is generally a safe treatment, although there are always exceptions such as whether or not you're pregnant or immune compromised, taking blood thinners, and you'll want to let your health practitioner know if you have any blood-borne infectious disease or virus. Usually, you'll have to sign a waiver prior to receiving a dry needling treatment to read through any precautions you may have. There are no contraindications supported in the research right now, although if you do have any precautions, you'll want to speak with your primary care provider first. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you receive some insight and tangible strategies you can use, please subscribe to the Exercise Proper podcast Post a screenshot tagging your girl at Liz underscore Graveline. Don't forget to leave a review. Or if you are looking for other tips and tricks in your health and wellness journey, you can send me an email at lizgraveline at gmail.com. I'd shriek at the sight of your name in my inbox. That would be amazing. See you next time, guys.